to the podcast series Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Catherine Brassel, and today I'm joined by Alexander Bullinger, who is the co-founder and CEO at Genify. Genify is a banking software application that allows banks and fintechs to make personal finance management a reality in their mobile app SaaS API, which covers data enrichment, spending analytics, spending event-based notifications, product recommendation, and alternative credit decisioning. Hi there, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's a real pleasure to have you. How's your week been so far? Hi, Catherine. Uh, Really excited to speak to you today. Uh, The week has been going great so far. Thank you. Yours? Yeah, it's been a great week and all the better now that we're speaking to you. And it would be an amazing opportunity to just hear a little bit more about yourself, about your own personal journey. Yeah, so just uh, to kick us off with your background and we'll take it from there. So I have a background in uh, math and quant finance. Uh, And just before graduating and uh, starting an extended uh, backpacking trip in South America, I discovered machine learning. uh, And I thought, you know, I might as well get some uh, actual experience in the field in addition to whatever uh, I could get back then in a university. And uh, so I canceled the trip and instead I contacted uh, all the uh, companies I could find on LinkedIn uh, in a, you know, a few countries in Latin America. I think I focused back then in, on Chile, uh, Colombia, uh, probably a couple other more. So yeah, I, I messaged uh, quite a few founders of fintech companies uh, and other companies that were uh, using data science and machine learning. And I said, look, I'll be available for the next six months. Uh, I can bring these skills and I'd love to work with you. Uh, and I ended up joining uh, for half a year, uh, two companies in Chile. One of them was a fintech startup. Uh, and back then, the first uh, product prototype of Genify was born, actually. I was the first uh, employee uh, in this company, worked six months with them and uh, yeah, kept in touch, uh, um, you know, all the way until now uh, for the se- several years after. When you ask about uh, passion for, for fintech in general, uh, I, I spent over the past 10 years, uh, I think roughly five years in, in, in China. And uh, this is generally what inspired me to, to pursue uh, Genify and, and uh you know, venturing and uh, venture into fintech, uh, uh, I can I can qualify it as you know the the, the leapfrog that uh, that can be seen in in fintech in developing markets specifically. Uh, if you think of China, uh, uh, there the notion of a bank uh, has been completely reinvented or even wiped out. Uh, so for transactions, daily transactions, uh, this two major incumbents. Uh, uh, Alipay and, and and WeChat that have replaced entirely the use of cards and and all sorts of transfers and 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 uh, uh, you know that that was sort of the uh, wake up call that the, the rest of the world will have to follow banks will have to to adjust and catch up uh, with uh, with generally with with uh, emerging fintech companies um, and um, yeah that there there was a need for the solutions the software solutions that Genify uh, offers today so. Uh, to answer you, you know, one part of your question that 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 that's it generally from uh, from China. Brilliant, Alex. Talk to me a little bit more about mentorship, kind of, uh, you know, getting into these those internships. Really, how do the serve you, and what advice can you offer those in the startup space wanting to follow kind of a similar pattern? Sure, I think uh, obviously of internships, so it doesn't have to be an internship in general. I think the the main advice would be. Uh, just get practical as early as possible. I often hear 
uh, people around me having interests and, and projects and, and wanting to learn theory, uh, the advice would just always be the same. Try to get uh, your ha- hands-on experience as soon as possible. And, and generally finding a s- somewhere where there is enough space uh, uh, you know, to, to come as a, as a, as a, uh, you know, as a new person in the field and, and uh, to access this space, showcase your skills, uh, and try to learn as much as possible. Uh, it can be a, you know, it can be a, a startup. It can be a research lab. Uh, these are in general great places to, uh, to learn. And in general, I would advise as well, uh, to work as closely as possible with, uh, with entrepreneurs and not necessarily, seeking to work uh with those who are already successful but those who are really in the grinding phase uh because that that will really reveal uh what it's like to uh, to build a startup and 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 make a takeoff thanks alex and i mean looking at your background uh, you came from the likes of mckinsey you know how would you say that having those sort of that background in you know the management consulting side really served you I suppose, how did that kind of really set you up for success? When I think about it, there's uh, quite a few things that uh, come, to, come to mind. If you think of consulting, uh, the joke would generally be that uh, you, you focus on making uh, slide decks. So obviously, that comes as a, uh, as a small perk. Uh, uh, I think our, our uh, you know, investor pitch decks are, are quite neat, uh, but it's not, not at all only this, right? Uh, uh, I can think of, you know, just learning how to, knowing how to prioritize and uh uh, you absolutely need the skill uh, as a founder or as a as any staff member of a startup. So uh, there's there's often a lot of opportunities in the market, uh, and if you're still trying to look for product market fit, uh, you also need to apply the skill and and to decide. Okay, especially in the uh, enterprise software space which we belong to, you know, uh, companies have a lot of different needs and, and identifying one that can be uh, not only valid for that one large corporate, but for uh, a lot of other ones. So prioritizing is a, a key skill that is essential in consulting and really, really applicable and valuable as an entrepreneur as well. Um, also, the ability to uh, touch uh, a lot of different things in a single day and learning quickly. Uh, I obviously, uh, you know, remember uh, being parachuted literally on a on a consulting project and and being expected to deliver and even like present to clients in the first afternoon. Uh, and, and I think uh, uh, within a startup, as a as a staff member, you also don't necessarily have time to onboard. Uh, you know, we don't we cannot grant a two month period where someone uh, can just learn about the product and and the code, for example, for our tech team members. Uh, uh, and and so you know the the ability to come on board quickly is is essential as well, and that that was uh, uh, very much uh, a skill learned during the, the consulting years. Uh, another key principle could be uh, that I can remember is uh, process before content. Uh, so you know that can be a good uh, survival skill as well. Uh, um, as an entrepreneur, and finally, top-down communication—a a classic of consulting—and uh, really essential to to communicate quickly and effectively with all the um, uh, stakeholders you face as a as a as a founder, whether they are investors, clients, uh, staff members, uh, you know, regulators. Uh, you can't necessarily afford to spend uh, too much time with, with each of these. So, yeah, just top-down communication is another one. Thanks for that, Alex. Those are certainly some amazing uh, skills that I'm sure people can take away from that. Um, let's cast our attention, um, you know, back to sort of Genify itself. I know um, I'd love to kind of unpack a bit more about the kind of two main products um, that you guys have and really what problems they're solving your clients. Generally, our, our mission is to make 
spending transparent uh, in uh, all the banking applications and fintech mobile applications that are available out there. Um, generally, we see that uh, if we ask someone, uh, so an individual like you and I, how much did you spend last year on groceries or going to restaurants, on gas, uh, very relevant in, in today's uh, you know uh, climate, uh, people are generally not able to answer. And, and we think that uh, banks and, and fintechs that provide uh, uh, cards, credit cards, and so on should be the one giving you this answer. And, and believe it or not, today, uh, it, it's it's not possible. So our mission is is generally to make that uh, a reality. Uh, now the you know slowly we gradually we realize that um, once you are able to uh, understand or you know make spending uh, and to an extent income understandable and do so automatically, then you can unlock a variety of other uh, use cases. And a key one is also lending operations and more specifically credit decisioning. Uh, so today, uh, Genify offers uh, two uh, API suites, uh, one focused on making spending transparent and another one focused on uh, automating credit decisioning. And these two uh, API suites are offered to uh, banks and, and fintechs uh, generally. I'd love to hear a bit more about the growth that's been happening at Genify. If you could sort of walk walk us through all of that. Has it been organic? Uh, how has it really? How has your experience been with that, all of that so far? Sure. One uh, amazing thing we've uh, noticed and experienced since the beginning of 2022 is uh, one thing we can call uh, uh, inbound, or also some call it, uh, you know, organic inbound or unsolicited outreach. So basically, what happens is uh, a, a lot of companies from around the world, but most specifically the US. Are contacting uh, Genify because they, you know, interested in the product, want to source it, uh, just want to test it in some cases. Uh, but the most important part is we see this organically, so we're not chasing these; we're receiving interest. And and as a B two B software provider, that's generally what you want to achieve. And I often meet people who ask me, "Oh, you know," I tell them the story, and they're like, "Oh, you have inbound." And it's quite rare for early uh, stage companies. And if you, you know, we're not entirely sure why this happened. I think it's it's a proof of product market fit, uh, but not only. I think that it's also about uh, a lot of these companies find us through uh, search engines like Google. And, and so uh, this probably means we have, uh, you know, showing on our website the way it was built and so on, the right combination of keywords uh, and, and, and good enough quality, enough content, according to search engines, to be ranked high enough. Uh, and I can think maybe one key thing that that we did and, and uh, uh, is we published uh, papers in academic conferences uh, on uh, you know some solutions that we have that uh, uh, that use AI to achieve a certain task, uh, and that you know that links back to our website, and that might explain why we rank uh, high enough. Uh, generally, that that's how we uh, we think of it today. Thanks for that, Alex. That's amazing to kind of hear. Um, talk to us a little bit more about. The approach that you've used to finding talent, I know you mentioned um, a lot of talent was found in you know places like Egypt, for example. So it would be great to hear a bit more about what your strategy has been and how you've acquired um, and built the teams that you have currently. This one approach, uh, approach that we followed uh, generally is is to try to instead of hiring you know senior talent from the get go and and uh, get uh, you know value for your buck on the on the HR side, uh, right away, is we've decided to groom and invest in talent. Uh, 
And, and so that was generally the, the philosophy. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that that was necessarily by, by choice, but as we've seen this work at the beginning, we've continued on that path. Uh, and if we think of Egypt specifically, uh, I, I can tell that today it's one of the, uh, the best things that we've achieved as a, as a company is building a strong uh, uh, team there, specifically, as you said, for, for the software development side. And that's one of the things we're, we're the, the most proud of today. Uh, how did that go? Uh, again, you know, we did not necessarily go there and, and try to hire in the, in the first place, but we, uh, we secured a partnership opportunity uh, with a bank and a large e-commerce player and, and decided to build a tech hub there to support the, the opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the partnership um, uh, did not materialize in the end, but guess what? We, we realized that the, the colleagues, the talent that we found there was amazing, so we just uh, decided to keep it in this way. Uh, and yeah, the rest is, uh, is history. Uh, the good thing about Egypt is there's a booming fintech scene, and especially from the last two years. So that makes people both attracted to fintechs, whether they're local, uh, you know, in Egypt, whether they're, uh, these fintechs are uh, uh, based locally or, or globally. Uh, and also there's generally a, a, a good talent pool that, that's accustomed to um, all considerations uh, fintech-wise, basically. That's great to know, Alex. Let's talk a bit more about, you know, yourself as a founder and cast our attention to the investment side. You know, how have you been selective with the investments that you've received and, and really what would be your advice to some of our listeners um, around that topic? Sure. So uh, one thing that, uh, that I can say about this is uh, we did receive an investment uh, offer quite some time ago in the past, and uh, we made the difficult decision of... Uh, turning it down. Uh, and back then, uh, it was because uh, we had enough uh, prospects ahead of us and felt that we would add uh, quite a burden compared to, you know, to just the decision making uh, compared to the, uh, the the amount in itself. Uh, and we realized through time that there's, there's beauty and, and agility that you can get from being able to, to, to decide quickly. The flip side is you don't have a watchdog to, to control uh, how you act. So you, you want to make sure you get the same kind of advice uh, that you would get from board members as well. Um, the other consideration in relation to an investment for a uh, B2B enterprise software company is uh, you can sign uh, very large deals uh, that would make you know perhaps the next round of investment, especially in early stages, almost obsolete. You know, uh, uh, one next contract could be as big as the next investment round, at least obviously a contract over multiple years. But then that uh, that opens up other sources of funding that may not be uh, VC and, and uh, one-time so, sort of lump sum uh, cash deposits, but rather more like, uh, you know, turning uh, um, an API uh, subscription sign over a multi-year uh, term, you can turn that into uh, uh, a loan that's based off of this and, and get the cash right away as well. There, there are other alternative sources of funds today. So uh, generally, that's, that's one way to, to, to think about it today. Um, and, and also, it's important to mention the current... Uh, fundraising climate in the first half of uh, this year, uh, where generally it's it's known to be harder to raise. So, you know, all these considerations are just more and more relevant uh, given this climate, yes. Okay. And I know you also touched on, um, you know, the value of partnerships uh, earlier on. Um, I'd love to understand with Jennifer, you know, what can you reveal to us is on the cards, um, you know, around, around that, you know, partnership uh, notion and yeah just really what what can listeners look forward to uh, and what is on the cards for the coming year so 
We have two very uh, high-profile partnerships uh, cooking at the moment. Uh, I, I unfortunately cannot really uh, reveal the names yet, uh, but the, I can tell that the profile. So there's a large uh, consultancy, one of the big name uh, ones, and another one is a major software provider in all verticals, but including in, in, in banking. And, and generally, the idea behind these is uh, to handle uh, distribution and client access. Uh, as a fintech uh, selling software to banks and, and other fintechs, you, you want to build a, build a great product uh, and, and you're trying to push it to, you know, uh, in a very well-guarded uh, territory uh, uh, of banks and, and finding uh, trusted, existing trusted advisors of these banks uh, can be massively helpful. Uh, that's generally the, the idea uh, uh, behind this. And we already see, even before finalizing the partnerships, we already see, we're already wrapping the, uh, the benefits of uh, of these partnerships already seeing uh, client opportunities coming in from these. So hopefully uh, it will proceed with an announcement uh, uh, for both of these uh, before the uh, you know the end of the quarter or in the next quarter. That's our hope for now. Okay, that's very exciting. We'll certainly be watching with bated breath to to see who these partnerships are with. And um, yeah, finally, it would be great to understand a bit more about what's happening. And specifically, what is ahead on the product and tech side at Genify? Uh, sure. I mean, if uh, if we think of uh, what's ahead, um, specifically on the product and tech side, uh, we want to go from, uh, you know, for example, on our, our spending uh, transparency uh, suite, which we call PFM, Personal Finance Management. Uh, we're currently very strong uh on the product side, uh, uh, you know, turning a raw set of transactions into uh, what we call enriched data that can be used for analytics. And we have uh, built on top of this uh, several uh, modules, for example, uh, uh, you know, uh, what we can call slice and dice. So you can go from raw transactions into like all sorts of pie charts and peer comparison and so on. Uh, and we just want to keep pushing in, in, in this direction. Um so that's that's one key thing, and and more generally, if we think of, of the future, we're we're currently uh, uh, very focused on delivering uh, ongoing client integrations, um, and, and on all this on these two product suites in parallel, which can be uh, a challenge. And and when this is done, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll focus on on uh, on building new modules. So yeah, generally, that's that's what's uh, ahead of us for the next few months. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Alex, for all of that. Um, it truly was a pleasure hearing a bit more about yourself, more about Genify. Um, please let me know, let our listeners know, if they'd like to reach out to you and get hold of you, what would be the best way? Yeah, I mean, generally on uh, on LinkedIn, uh, uh, you know, contacting any of our team members on LinkedIn uh, or myself, uh, or, you know, we have a contact form on our on our website uh, or email, you know, hello at uh, genify.ai, straightforward. Amazing. Thank you so much again, Alex, for absolutely everything. And um, yeah, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Please follow us on LinkedIn under Talent in the Cloud, or if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your fintech team, or you yourself are looking for an exciting change in your career, please check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.